welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our second hour of our Vox Vomitus Marathon. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series. I am joined once again today by my Vox Vomitus vixens, Alison Martine, author of the Bourbon Books, and cheers, cheers, Allison, and Trisha Ridinger McKee, the author of the Beyond series. Our special guest tonight is Mr. Simon Stevenson. He is the author of Set My Heart to Five. I also believe that you used to write for Pixar. Is that true? Oh. So we've got, uh, we have a very fancy, fun guest with us tonight. Simon, <laughs> fancy fun. Thank you for being here. Uh, Simon, tell us a little bit about yourself so we can hear your accent. Sure. <laughs> All my embarrassing lack of one because I'm supposed to be Scottish and I don't really have much of a much of a Scottish one, alas. Um, so, yeah, my name is Simon Stevenson. I'm from Edinburgh in Scotland. Uh, I've had a pretty, I guess, unusual journey to this point. So I currently live in, uh, in, in Los Angeles, California. Um, uh, my journey here involved. I was uh, I was a physician in the UK. Was 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 my job. Um, uh, did that for a number of years. But I always kind of wrote alongside. Um, uh, I did like um, all, all the things. You know, I started out entering all the short story competitions, and then I um, short film got made years and years ago. Um, I got a little bit of TV writing then. Um, I'm really going on a deep dive here, but uh, my I lost my brother was pro- pro- the big event in my adult life was uh, when I was 20, he was 27, I was 26, and that was in the tsunami in Thailand, and I wrote a, a memoir about that, and that um, came out in 20, all the way back in 2011, um, and it, it did pretty well, and it got all these amazing reviews. I think only people I'm related to bought it, like 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 I think that's kind of sometimes the thing with my but it, it won a prize. But so, it won a award. It won a prize. Someone yeah, else yeah. read it, unless your mom was the judge. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I think not. But, okay. But you can't be sure, right? Well, well, you, know, you never quite know. You see, it was best first book at the Scottish Book Awards. Who knows how many books came out this that year? <laughs> did they all have to be Scottish books? Or did they allow non-Scots? It was probably kind of tenuous. Like, 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 like I think we, um, we are... Uh, we're a proudly inclusive country, and I think if you had a, a minor character in your book that had once been to Glasgow on vacation, probably, <laughs> close probably, enough. So it was a bigger field than I'm than, than, than I'm saying. Um, uh, so then, what happened after that was I, um, uh, I quit my job as a doctor because I was now going to be this big important writer because I had won a prize and now I got to quit my job. And- That's how it goes. You win the prize and then immediately. Fame and fortune, yeah, and over the truckload of money, and yeah. you know all, 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 all the rest of it. Um, of course, none of that happened, and uh, I um, but I had I had I had a little bit of a cushion. I had I had a little bit of money from that book, that so I could take sort of six months out, and um, and I wrote some screenplays, and one of the screenplays was about a depressed children's doctor who hated his job. And oh, death. that's weird. Yeah, I don't know where that. Where was that inspiration? That <laughs> popped into my head, and then the the weirdest thing in the world that. People liked that script and it opened up all these doors out here. And suddenly I came out here and I had I'd gone from being like living in my friend's back bedroom in London and like not, you know, just really struggling on every aspect of life. And I came out here and suddenly I had like a, you know, like like work and, and, a, and a career. So um, I got a couple of screenwriting gigs and 
um, you know, the usual way of those is that, you know, it's very exciting and, you know, everything's going to happen. And then, of course, it doesn't happen. Um, and that's that's the standard course. But one good thing that happened was I got um, I got a job at Pixar, um, as you mentioned, and uh, was there for a couple of years. And then at the end of that time, I wrote the book that I'm currently shilling this uh, Set My House 5. Um, and uh, that's kind of almost brings us up to where we are. I mean, the book's... Oh, yeah. Can I see the cover? Can I see your cover? Because I have the ARC and it's a different cover. Oh. Is your orange, Jen? Mine is white and orange. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So you have. I know. I'm like, oh, I like it. Alternate cover. I have that. I have that. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That, there it is. So, so, so that was kind. Of, this one is 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 an homage to uh, to the British version, which came <laughs> out a bit. Um, a bit sooner, um, and so um, Simon, can you juggle those three books? Um, I, I, I can barely hold up one of them. Truth, but um, uh, so, 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 yeah, the, the, the final one is this. You, it, it doesn't really play very well. I've had this, it doesn't really play well on on Zoom, but it's a it's a it's a lovely. Oh, the word, I think the word is, is, is an ombre, right? an O M B R E. Oh, it's an ombre, yeah, Which, like an ombre. Word, apparently, that's a word. I had to learn that during this process. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, so I only know it when it comes to hair dye. I was going to say, one of my yeah. writing buddies is also my hairstylist, and she's probably watching. Yes, yes, it is an ombre. Go ahead. <laughs> I think that's right. I, I think, like, and I, and I didn't want to say it because it sounds so hopelessly sexist, but, like, yeah. I basically never met a man who knows what that word means. I can guarantee you my husband has no idea what that word means. He's he's our producer. He's watching it right now going, ombre. Thought it was a hat. <laughs> no, that would be sombrero. That's a hat. Ombre is a Spanish man, so he doesn't even speak Spanish well, but that's okay because he's Russian. Right, exactly. Um, now, now, Simon, I, I listened to it on, on Audible and it had that same cover, but because mine was digital, I didn't get an ombre effect either. Is the yellow the ombre or is it the turquoise? Hey, that's, that's a great disappointment. I did not know that that was the case. I'm going to have to take that up with. Uh, uh oh. I don't know if I'm audible. I, I, I was sent off to... I'm like, who do you fight if that like yeah, your narrator? I don't think you get any saying it. I mean, I, I think I think those fights you don't really get a say. Like like I've had this a couple of times. Like like little things with the group that you know someone's pointed out something at the Kindle, and I said, you know, can we you know maybe fix this? And you know, even the publishers. So like I'm on reasonably you know big publishers in both countries that you would think would have kind of relationships with. Amazon. And I think they basically have to just email help at Amazon.com as well. And <laughs> <laughs> This explains so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they can just, I guess it's, you know, if you can do what you like, why would you, why, why wouldn't you, right? Like if I was Amazon, I would probably just have a have a spam filter, a help at Amazon.com that goes to spam and, and not want to any of it. Like that's, that's I guess... That's I will say so. Amazon, so Amazon doesn't like uh, put us all at the bottom of the algorithm. I had a sad but lovely Amazon help experience where I had to call them for a, a author reason. And I had a very lovely person that helped me. They couldn't help me, but he did sit on the phone and listen to me physically cry for like 10 minutes where I was like, there's nothing that can be done. And he was like, just just so you know. Your fans are going to find you anywhere. Obviously, your book is good. And I'm like, you don't have to say this. Um, and it was probably the most, like, fulfilled I have been artistically in quite some time by, by somebody who's literally just, like, on a call desk. Who's like, uh-oh, this girl's having a bad day. 
<laughs> but the important thing, Jen, is you you had catharsis when it was done. I did. I mean, I was like, specifically, I'm waiting for Simon to react to use the word catharsis. Catharsis. I was like, that person heard me. <laughs> yeah, you, you felt seen, right? It, 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 I felt seen. I know, and it was like such a silly thing. I was like, some of my reviews didn't transfer over to my new version of my book, and you know, it was just an author moment where but, you just lose it. But it's still important, right? It's you know because actually those things do make a difference, and you know it works. So like you know, God knows, getting you know one good review is is hard enough in this world, and you know if you've got a few that get lost, you know. I know. I was like, those were the really good ones. Yeah. But also, some like, of the bad why ones. Why did you for the ones that are not so good? <laughs> yeah. I, I was happy when the bad ones got lost. I'm like, oh, <laughs> just if those one stars can stay gone, but if you can <gasps> switch over the five stars that say change their <laughs> life, that would be great. Uh, so, so we brought up reviews. Simon, do you do you read your reviews? Are you an author who is now like you've set yourself above it? You don't obsess. Or are you? Great, great, great question. Um, I, definitely, uh, would, would, I, I don't think I'm above anything. Is, 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 is the obvious answer. Um, uh, I think I. I mean, I definitely like. You, you know, it was. It was. I was lucky to get reviewed in a couple of papers and stuff. Which, you know, even that is. Is you know, I, I get like how how lucky I, I am for for that to happen, and that you know, I kind of. I guess I. I've always felt like, you know, the first book, you know, the way in which I lost my brother, you know, it was a tragedy and, you know, it was a horrendous experience. Um, and I always felt slightly guilty about, you know, writing about it at all. And, and I, I made that, but, you know, weirdly, one of the one of the sort of side effects of that is that if you write a literary memoir about that, like, that's a book that, you know, gets reviewed right like like yeah. just by nature of the subject matter um and so you know that book got reviewed everywhere and then so with this book i was like it's weird that the new york times haven't been in touch and like why haven't the financial times of london they were so nice last night <laughs> <laughs> uh <-oh. laughs> you, know, you know had to sort of you know explain that that's not necessarily how it how how, how, how it worked and you know we had the hook of you know the movies and Pixar and that stuff in the previous book, so you, you know that all that all helps a bit. But um, I guess the first thing is no, I was I was so grateful for any of those reviews. I was sort of devouring them. Um, uh, I, I did have to get someone else to the, like the the biggest review we got was in the Washington Post, and I actually I physically couldn't read it. I had to get someone else to read it and tell me it was okay to read. I love that. I do that. Um, or, or you send me things and go. Can you tell me? I, I can't even look. Can you open it? How is it? Is it all right? I know. I'm like, uh, just, I, I can't, I'll throw up. Or sometimes I'll open it on my computer, but like put my hand in front of it and just try to see some words. And I'm like, are those positive <laughs> words? Um, because that, I mean, so, so that, I'm going to try that strategy. And then of course the whole other thing is you know, the reader reviews, the Amazon reviews, the, 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 the Goodreads reviews. And those ones, like I do try and stay clear off. Um, like, like I think, um, uh, I, I like to keep track of the number. Like, I think the number's a good metric for, for like, a, a people reading this book. Um, but I kind of, you know, I'm actually, I'm a big fan of Yelp reviews, right? Like, like what one of my guilty... <gasps> is it a guilty pleasure reading the bad ones? The, the one stars. Like, like if you go to Yelp and sort, yeah. sort the worst, it, it's, like, amazing. You know, <laughs> just all this, like, you know, uh, like, restaurant was fine, but my mum called me during dinner and I was really mad. One star. Right. So... <laughs> 
Um, I love this because I just uh, I was watching a, a comedy piece by Colin Jost and his his whole bit was about Yelp reviews. And he said a one star review is mostly about the person who's giving it rather than what they're reviewing. And if you're getting reviewed, I feel like he was like the, the worst review you can get is two stars because that's probably about you. But the one star is always I was reading your book. My cat died (laughs) one star and you're like my book didn't kill your cat did it didn't it though (laughs) but didn't it though um yeah like 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 exactly and i think that's the um again as we say like reviews are really important right they're a metric by which people other people decide to um read your book and of course like if, if someone you know genuinely reads the book and doesn't like it and you know thinks it's worth it one star like absolutely that's you know that's it's valid. totally valid and uh but uh um yeah so so, so 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 sometimes you do see those ones that are clearly you know there's there's something else going on and also just i think there is there is that cohort of people like like I've, i i did look a bit and and you know there's that cohort of people that like you know, you get the one star review and they say, this is the worst book I've, I've ever read. How dare anyone have published this, you know, this writer in hell. Like, and then, you know, you're sort of interested. So you click on your thing and every book they've ever read gets one star. Like yes. their the average thing is, is 1.13. Is someone yeah. stars once in two thousand. And the only book that got a four star is like a self-help book. And that's like super specific. And you're like, oh, I see, I see what's going on in your life. I get it. It's fine. I get what's happening. Well, and um, Simon, the book that you you published now, Set My Heart to Five, is very different than the first books because it is not a memoir. And I was trying to even describe what genre it is. And it's, w- would you say it's science fiction? Is that even where it belongs? Can it be science fiction, romantic comedy? Is that something? Yeah. So, 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 so welcome to the pain of my daily life. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I'm right there with you for, I, I have a book out of submission and, and the, every day it's like, is it literary fiction? Oh, it's speculative fiction. Oh, it could be science fiction. No, it's women's fiction. I'm just like, put it on a shelf and then just tell me where to find it later. I don't really even care anymore. Just yeah. do something. Absolutely. And, 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 it's, and it's difficult because people do make those decisions based mm-hmm. on... Right. And I think it's someone... I had a thing on Twitter today where um, I, I think someone who runs a great book blog was looking for three different books and one was a... They wanted like a romance one and they wanted a... Um, a thriller and then one wild card one and uh um, you're the wild card i say you're wild card had tweeted and tagged me in and said look how about simon's book as the wild card and i wrote back this is perfect so all we need to do now is make every bookstore in the nation have a wild card section of yes. just yes. it yes. doesn't really fit fit anywhere um because with this one it's it, it, it's funny because because i sort of um i was a little bit terrified of, of calling it or myself science fiction because I'm not really from that world. Like, you know, right. you know, have a great it read like a science fiction book. It doesn't. I, and I, I, I love the book, so this is not a slam because I love science fiction. So anybody reading it, listening to me, going, "Well, wait, you love science fiction, and it's not. Sci- it's just not. That's not what it is. It doesn't read like one. It doesn't have the notes of one. But in case people didn't know, your main character is a bot named Jared. Right. right. But it's also about a human experience by an unhuman character yes so 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 where do we put it no Uh, i'm with you we'll we'll make your own little shelf just build it there with little hammers and just stick your book on it and go this is the best place for it just read it and you can figure out what shelf it goes on later it's fine 
I mean, this is one difference between now and my previous book all those years ago, because back then bookstores were open and you could go and look around in the bookstore. You know, you could go and put the stack on the table in the front if no one was looking. And, <laughs> Did you do that? Obviously, you can't do it at, at like your, your little local neighborhood one, but if you go to like, you know, the big Barnes and Noble in the mall or something, no, no one's keeping watch of that stuff. Like, you can. <laughs> Now, now we know. So your first book was a touching, amazing memoir. But what you're now telling us is you rigged the system by taking that book and sticking it on like every table that you could in every Barnes and Noble. Yes. And even worse, it, it had no discernible effect whatsoever. I still don't think anyone bought it. So, you know, imagine if, imagine if I hadn't done that, they would have <laughs> We would have had a minus number. You would have had. Yeah, I was going to say you would have had a negative number of sales, and then when you won the the, the book of the year for the, the the Scottish award, it would have been like negative four votes. Exactly, <laughs> and probably would have lost that as well. Oh my someone truly reading these books, uh, the one you've written now, because not only is it out there and whatever category it ends up in, it's getting made into a movie. So someone found it and said, "We need this." So can you tell us about that? Sure. I mean, again, I slightly moved it to the front of the shop. Like, <laughs> oh, the front of the movie shop. Yeah. Like, I walked into the movie yeah. store and I put my book in the front. Yeah. I didn't realize that was the strategy. Here we're like, social media? No, no, just physically move copies of your book. Just drop them on. Well, I, you probably still had like a pass card to Pixar. Just dropping it. Here you go, executive. Oh, I feel like I've been doing everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so with this one, how the film came was... Um, uh, I was lucky that in my in my other job as, as a screenwriter, I have worked uh, quite a bit with um, uh, these two brilliant producers who used to run this company called Big Talk, who made all Edgar Wright's movies. They made, you know, Shaun of the Dead and uh, Hot Fuzz and all, all, all of that great stuff. Yeah, br br brilliant movies. And, and you know, heart is right. You know, you know they, they, they have great heart, those producers. And, you know, I've had something else with them for years and it being a film, you know, films take years to come together um and so when i finished this um like a few people said to me oh you must have written this with the idea it would be a movie and like genuinely i didn't which <laughs> i'm just an idiot but um when reading it this is not a giant spoiler but movies play a huge theme in this book yeah. both from the character watching movies and also wanting to write movies so how is it that it didn't cross your mind that it might be a movie that seems especially when you were a screenwriter <laughs> i feel like you're not telling us the story we're getting the press release version of simon here where he's like i never <laughs> thought it would be a movie <laughs> I'm, I'm confessing my idiocy like 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 and i think I think it was this huge cognitive blind spot that, like, you know, I'd, be, I'd been doing this screenwriting for, you know, quite some years, and I'd felt sort of frustrated with it. And, you know, in my heart, I always felt, hang on, I'm a prize-winning writer of prose. You know, this is, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so this is, I'm putting away all the screenwriting, and I'm going to go and write some great literature, and uh, and, and it's nothing to do with it. I mean, it's, it's about film, but it's, it's not going to be a film, because it's, it's going to be a, it's literary. Brilliant. Sorry, you literally say interior and then describe, you know, the, the taco shop that, that you've got this guy working at. It's yeah. written in many ways like a movie. It's <laughs> meta, Allison. It's meta. It was very meta, but at the same time to think, huh, this is this could be a movie. Just tell me, okay, with, with Edgar Wright, that doesn't mean we're going to have Simon Pegg playing Jared, are we? Because... I, 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 I don't know. I, I would... 
I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to guess. Um, uh, I know that I think they, like, like I've worked with them both a bit, and I think they're pretty separate. You know, you know, I think they're both, you know, creative geniuses in their own way, and I'm sure, you know, they will collaborate again in the future. Um, I don't have any inside information that it would be this. Um, yeah, well, then never mind. So, but I, I knew Edgar's producers, and I, you know, gave the manuscript to them, and they liked it and gave it to him, and he liked it, and as you probably know, the whole, the whole movie industry is just predicated around directors and, and what they like and what they don't like. And Edgar's obviously, you know, an incredible director who also is just someone who, you know, can get his movies made. And, and so um, he's also, though, he's a busy guy and, you know, he always has a few projects on the docket. So uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But, um, uh, yeah, we just, uh, they, they all say, you know, don't get too excited until until the cameras get rolling. And um, I I, I guess that's true at any time, but particularly now in this yeah. coronavirus world, who, who, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, okay, when we hear about a new season of something, I'm going, when did they film this? They can't be filming it now. Are they filming it now? They're not supposed to be filming anything now, but we're still getting new stuff. So I feel happened. like uh, a lot of times like spouses are kind of like shipped in to like do close-ups where like <laughs> they're like touching each other. This is how the soap operas are doing it. And I say this only because I've researched it. Uh, that is how the love scenes are being filmed. Yeah, um, I mean, certainly, like a lot of my friends here work kind of on the crew side, and they—I they, mean, they haven't been working, but the past month they seem to be sort of like you know edging back to work. And someone I knew was working on the commercial, and I was like, "Well, how does it work?" And she was like, "Oh, we just get a rapid test every morning." And I was yeah. like, "What a rapid? I can't get you, you know, no one else. Can, people who work in a hospital can't get a rapid test. They didn't even know there was so, guys. We need to have our commercials made, so we're going to get the rapid test to the so best." So I will say, I I know a lot of people in I I live in the Northeast who work in the medical industry, and they don't get rapid tests. But then I I also know people who may have more money even than the people in the medical industry, and they've vacationed and they are able to get rapid tests and I'm not judging anything. I might be but, judging a little bit. But like something's fishy. Yeah. Something. I mean, that's the system, right? Like, like the system. The individual, if, you know, if, if they can get one, but um, clearly the system, there's something wrong with our society if, if, if that's... Uh... You can say this because you are technically from another country. <laughs> are you a citizen? Do you vote? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm a... Oh, you're so lucky. I'm on very... Thin, thin ice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. <laughs> Can you take me with you back wherever you go? You have to flee. Go <laughs> Brexit and go back. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, and, and Brexit is happening in about. Oh, yeah, that's. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry for your. If you've ever seen. Did you see the movie The Children of Men? Did you remember? Yes. Oh, basically, what we. I didn't go for it, but, but that's what they voted for. And um, uh, it's, it's going to be a problem. Um, oh. Oh, it's a shit show. I just said it. Um, so I have something to ask you about before I toss this over to Trisha and Allison. Did you win an award from Teen Vogue? No. Oh, my God. Is that, is that, are people taking It's that? everywhere. It seems serious, but I was like, this, can't, this has to be like a hilarious thing from the press release. But is it true? Why are you listed as like Teen Vogue's sexiest man? 
<laughs> I don't think it's that, but it's it's something like that. I, 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 I'm listed as uh, in my Twitter bio, and I wrote it myself, and I was trying to be funny. And, I love uh, it because I feel like every writer always has to have you know in their bio that like I was voted one of the you know top ten spellers in my elementary school. Yes. You know that it was sort of all forced into this crazy competition with each other. That it's all you know. I was shortlisted. I was I won the award, and then you know, great. Like I'm definitely you know guilty of you know bragging about my small things too. Um, but uh, um, I, I I sort of just thought it'd be fun to to have a different a different and and to start. I off, love it. But, but to so start we all buy it. We're all like, that's amazing that you're one of Teen Vogue's top <laughs> Scottish authors. Who was over forty. I know. I was like, I didn't know Teen Vogue had a book review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I it said it was one of the best authors because I'm reading it here it says voted one of Teen Vogue's top 10 cantankerous Scottish writers over the age of 40 with a first novel about a movie loving android I mean that's really specific how many other <laughs> but I feel like Mag, like Teen Vogue would do that <laughs> so I feel like it's on the nose I, I, might, need, I might need to change that because here's how much of a neurotic writer I am the first draft which was up for a month or two was I was voted one of the National Enquirer's top 10, something or other. And then I, I felt like I want to be associated with that, like, because I was trying to be funny, and I thought maybe that's, I don't want people to mistake that. And I thought, well, Teen Vogue, no one will think that Teen Vogue has any interest in me. Um, but alas, I may have I may have put that wrong. Because I guess you just glance it on your phone, don't you? And it's like, oh, Teen Vogue. You glance Teen Vogue. And I it's think, like you're in I, think I saw it on something else, too. Like, like a rando... Yeah. Uh, bio someplace where it was like winner of the Teen Vogue, blah blah blah, and I was like, I thought that was a joke, and that's why I had to ask it. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 <laughs> the hard hitting questions. I'm, I'm Teen do Vogue, do you read it? Yeah, I'm going to revisit it, and uh, but I have to think of something else that isn't funny to put there now. So, Teen God, what could it be that's not as funny as Teen Vogue? Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> tricky. It's tricky. Well, if it was like National Geographic and then it had something about... Oh, National Geographic. Just because National Geographic doesn't have a list of top anything. Like, oh, are you the the most well-traveled? No, 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 I'm I'm writing movies. Okay, that makes a lot of sense for National Geographic. Yeah, I think National Geographic might be the... It's your next demographic. We do that. And and those who don't know, Jen's really good. Well, she doesn't think so. Jen is, is... very skilled at things like Photoshop because she's actually a graphic artist. She will make you that cover. So. I can do it. <laughs> you will it. We'll get it done. Do it. If you need a fake magazine cover of you winning something for Teen Vogue or National Geographic, I can do it. Oh, brilliant. I do it when I'm just relaxing. When I'm not writing, I'm just like, let's just do some stupid Photoshop. Well, well, I will I will bear that in mind and I will I will try and have something good to, to come back to it. Um, I would love that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Teen Vogue winner of yeah. Everything for Everyone. Uh, I'm going to toss this over to Trisha and Allison if you have any pertinent questions. <laughs> before I, pertinent, they don't. My questions are never pertinent. It doesn't really matter. I know. I was like pertinent. Ugh. Sorry, I said that word. Everybody who watches our show every week. <laughs> um, I did want to ask. We usually um ask this. Um, how involved are you at the beginning of the process? Do you plot out or is it pretty much just go as you write? Sure, sure. So I like am, drinking. Uh, classically, I'm not a huge plotter. Like I'm definitely, I love all the, you know, don't get it right, get it in, all of that stuff. I love to just sit down and, and bash it out. Um, with 
and, and that tends, I mean, that's usually served me pretty well for screenplays. But I guess the, the thing about a screenplay is um, it's they're pretty short. You, you know, like, like by novels, they're, you know, sort of 10 to 15,000 words long. And a novel is, you know, mine is like 90,000 words or something. Wait, wait, a screenplay is only 10 to 15,000 words long? I know. This is what yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Okay, sorry. I've never written a screenplay. I don't think I've ever actually seen one. Even they'll take me out of California for that. But I didn't realize it was that short. Yeah, and, and it's, it's one of the dark secrets, right? It's, it's like yeah. so you, you can bash them out pretty quickly. And, and I think I could do that in two weeks if I had to. You could. I think you. I think you should. You know, no, you know, you know, I'm doing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> got this. <laughs> got it. Done. So, so yeah, with, with that, with that, my model tends to be that because. You know, if you bash it out and it's a disaster, well, yeah, you've lost two weeks or a month, which is you know, terrible. But like, it's not the same as you know spending six months on a novel and realizing halfway through it's it, it, it not going anywhere. So, so yeah, I, t- I tend to be kind of like that. I think with the novel, I did have like a like a bit more. I knew where he was going to end up, and I knew like geography is always really important to me. Like place really helps me write. Like I always have a sort of quite strong sense of place, and with this. I kind of knew he was going to start in the Midwest and he was going to come to Los Angeles and end up in San Francisco. And that kind of gave me like my, like, like, like my roadmap to follow. Yeah. Yes. With the mental map. Yeah. 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 So, 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 so that, that was probably the, 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 the key difference with this one was, was I probably did know a, a little bit more. And I think I, I, I knew the endings, but I knew what he was going to do at the end um, because kind of, kind of the genesis of this is normally like normally it, ideas are really difficult for me like they take you know I have them you know and I for five years they trouble me and I think well that's not a good one you know and eventually you know you kind of beat it into shape and some some sort of random epiphany happens and you think oh I can make some of that but with this one this one was quite unusual so um I was kind of actively I was actively casting around for a novel like 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 I knew that you know I wanted to get back to my wonderful prose writing and uh, um, uh, your award-winning prose writing there we go. excuse me excuse me award-winning um so uh I, I and I'd kind of been thinking that you know I knew that I'd had all these adventures in the past few years of you know moving to California and working in the film industry a bit and all, all of that stuff and I had this um the other thing that had happened was because Pixar's in uh, San Francisco there, I'd lived in the Bay Area for a couple of years. And it was this really weird experience where, um, you know, it's one of my favorite cities in the world. I'd, you know, growing up in Scotland, even, I was always highly aware of it. I loved the beat generation. I always thought I was going to be living in San Francisco writing beat poetry by the time I was 24. And I thought I was in the 30s and I hadn't even ever been there. And uh, then this opportunity came to, to, um, to, to, to go there. But the sort of surprising thing for me was, um, just like how, I, and, and I think it was happening everywhere, it was, you know, because this was 2016, 2017, um, like how weirdly futuristic the world suddenly became in the, you know, we could suddenly order food on our phone and like there could be a car that could come and pick you up and just, just all of this stuff that, that hadn't quite happened. And then in the Bay Area, like every second person I encountered, you know, was working in tech yeah. And, yeah, and doing something with this like very benign sounding, uh, like, you know, they were working on an app. Oh, that sounds great. What's it for? Oh, it's home euthanasia. Yeah, that's enough. Um, that's so I, I love this because so my husband's uh, family, they live in the Bay Area. They're a Russian, but they're tech. So they live uh, in San Francisco. 
And every time we visit them, I'm just astounded just by the, the, the people on the street. Everybody has the fanciest jobs I've ever heard, but they always say like, I'm just like, I'm just working on an app. It does this thing where like, if you, if you glance at a menu, it knows what you want. And then, and then it's delivered to you in 20 minutes. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like, I would just go for theater. How does that happen with an eyeball? And they're like, oh, it's just an algorithm. Uh, and but that's fondulence, right, that they have that it's just, oh, it's, oh, of course, it's, of course we do this. Like, like, of course, it's just so, so easy. We know if you stare at a Panera menu what you're going to order because it, it, the way your pupils dilate. And I'm like... Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the oddest thing. And then so, and it kind of culminated for me with... Um, I stayed one night in a hotel and it was a super ordinary, like it was a, like, like, a, like whatever the cheapest version of the Hyatt is. Like, like the Hyatt. I'm just going to say cheap Hyatt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Hyatt. Hotel beige. Higher bedroom, it's, it's, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Higher hostel, like, like, like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, and and I, I got in late. I'd come back from the UK, and I, um, I'd forgotten what I had, and and I was feeling so lazy that I called down to reception and said, "Look, I, can someone maybe send up some toothpaste?" And they said, "Sure." <laughs> and like ten minutes later, the doorbell on my room rang, and I opened the door to a, a robot, like a sort of like a cylindrical robot. Yeah. And it what? flipped open uh, to reveal tooth, uh, a thing of toothpaste, and I and I it started beeping, so 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 I took the toothpaste, and then the head closed, and it sort of started to trundle off back down the corridor. And so I, of course, um, did what I think any rational human would do: was I followed it. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right at that, yeah, and I filmed it all the way back down the corridor. And we got to like the elevator hall, and I, I guess it wirelessly summoned the elevator and. It got, you know, it ended the elevator. I got in the elevator with it, and we had this very awkward elevator ride where I was kind of filming it and it wasn't really doing anything. And we got down to the reception, and it, you know, trundled back and just parked itself beside beside the desk. And I went over to the concierge, and I was like, I think your robot just brought my toothpaste to my room. And he looked at me just like, you know, like like I was a crazy one. Yeah, and, of course the <laughs> robot brought your yeah, toothpaste. Yeah, like, like, why have you come down here? What was the point in me sending this thing? You were just going to come down here anyway. Um, and so, 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 so I kind of had this thing of like, we're in the future already, and and it's it's you know it's not the future. It's not hoverboards. It's just robots bringing toothpaste. Like, like you know. Oh. Kind of was it Simon? Was it because he brought you toothpaste? Is that how Jared ends up as a dentist? It, uh, I mean, it's a really good question. I have, I have good question. Yeah. Like toothpaste. Oh, Simon's like, yes, that's exactly the... <laughs> Simon's know? next interview, he's going to be like, the inspiration for this, for his being a dentist, <laughs> is going to be... It, it, it probably is. I haven't made that connection. Because the other thing is that, you know, because I was a physician, it, you know, physicians and dentists, there's always like a slight, you know, wait, you guys just do the mouth and you earn so much more money than everyone else? How, how, how does... How does <laughs> How does that work? So um, uh, there's so always that, that's why the, only humans can be doctors. I see what you did there, yeah. <laughs> right? So so yeah. yeah, I was probably just you know getting some getting some revenge on our on our dentist friends. Yeah. So um, so that had all happened, and I kind of knew I was going to write something futuristic. -y, and then um, my day job at, at at the time was was at Pixar, and you know their movies, of course, are famous for the emotion and. The reason for that, and I don't think I'm giving away any trade secrets, is you know they work really hard at that. They they really pay attention to how 
films generate emotion and, you know, what works and what doesn't. And, you know, they try and tell sort of truthful emotional stories. And uh, um, so, so basically for two years, I spent all day, every day thinking about emotion in films. And, you know, so I was thinking how, you know, what novel can I write? And this has never happened to me before, but, but you know, at some point I remember it so clearly, it was a Saturday afternoon, um, and I was, you know, as I had been doing for months, thinking, what am I going to write this? What am I going to write about? And this phrase, uh, Android screenwriter, popped into my head. And, and, and I thought, oh, that's maybe, that, that is it. And, and, and kind of I had this thing, which I haven't had, you know, I, I had it kind of a thing about my brother, but I've so rarely had it in life of knowing that, oh, this is the thing I'm going to write. Like, like and, and this one I'm actually going to, this is, I'm going to finish this. This, 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 this is a novel. Oh, it's it. This is it. It's a novel that you're going to finish. I yeah, love it. yeah, yeah, which was which was a really rare thing, and I would probably caution that like that usually doesn't happen for me. And and if you don't have that thought to anyone watching, like don't worry about it. You know, you should still. I read this great. Still, just write. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because because I read this great article with by uh, by Jeff Tweedy today, the guy from Wilco. I don't know if you've seen this. He's he's written a book about writing songs. And it's called like how to write a song or something. But the, the, it was it was excerpted in the Guardian today, and and he has his whole thesis is that it has nothing to do with inspiration. It just has to do with just make yourself do it. And he tells this story about, you know, their big record and the record label said there wasn't a single. And he was like, don't worry, I've got a single. Just book me, you know, a studio and, you know, these musicians and we'll do it. And he said he, you know, ended up writing it on the way to the studio because he just had to. It was just, you know, he, he had to. Uh, um, yeah, but but anyway, that's, a, I guess, a very long way of saying um it kind of it was a little bit planned out with from the idea, but yeah, mostly I just wrote and see kind of experiment, see see where it took me. But I wish there was a more there's probably a more economical way. I always feel like the people that plan things very well, maybe it's less work. So no, I don't I don't think it's less work because one of my good friends is a, a plotter and she has all these things laid out and it still requires you to bang through each scene and everything. And sometimes you plan for something and then you write it and it doesn't have that feel and it's like, oh why not? But uh I think all three of us, we are all just total cancers. So yeah, I know for me, I, I've spent the last couple months working on revisions for something. And now I'm like, okay, blank computer. Let's start writing again. I want to do that. Okay. Blank computer. Okay. And I know I just, I'm going to have to sit down and start writing and let it happen because I'm not a plotter and, and trying to force myself that way. Like I had to do an outline for this and I was going, what does an outline look like? I haven't done one of these since college or uh, maybe law school. And and I'm sitting there looking at a completed novel and then putting it back into an outline. And I'm going, this is definitely backwards, but that's okay because that's my process and I'm sticking with it. I, I think that's a good strategy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a better one I'm open to it. There might be a better one, but it, but maybe not better for any of us that are here. I think we ha always have to like find who we are as writers yes. and artists. Um, I have been taking an amazing class with an incredible instructor, an incredible author, uh, Diane Zinna. And in her last session with us, she showed us like her outline for how she writes. And it was so incredible that I said, I'm going to try outlining. Yeah. And, uh, well, I didn't. It was amazing. She was like, I outline and then I do like a speed writing thing. And it was amazing. So she, she would outline and then she would say, I'm going to take 40 minutes and I'm going to write this because she knew what she was going to write. So I stared at my blank computer screen and thought, I'm going to outline. And I did not. And then I said, screw it. I'm just going to do the timed writing. 
because I kind of know what's going to happen. Uh, but it still worked very well. Uh, and I never would have done a timed writing thing because that's not how I process. I try to like go really slow and feel all the feelings and just like emote, 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 emote. And then, uh, whoa, <laughs> forgot I <laughs> you, had headphones in. You had too uh, much emoting there. I know too much emoting. Chill. Um, but, but I, I did something that I would never do, which was speed write. Uh, but I don't know if I could ever bring myself to outline unless I was being physically forced. Physically forced, right here. Physically forced. There you go. Yeah, maybe I, I need someone to physically force me so I can, I can at least try it. If, have you seen <laughs> J.K. J- Rowling does these um, uh, amazing, like, like it, it, she, she's published a few of them, like for her books, she has just these incredible, like, grids of, 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 of like, all the... To me, that looks like the way, like, police hunt a serial killer, which I love in, like, that, like, a whiteboard with post-its and strings. Mm -hmm. And I want to be that writer, but every time I try, I have a panic attack and have to take a Xanax. Well, and I think it also depends on the kind of book you're writing, because I'm I'm in a Discord. I only recently learned what Discord was, but I'm in a Discord (laughs) with other science fiction authors and most of them have these elaborate worlds and they're juggling planets, cultures, customs, languages, timelines, all this kind of stuff, mythology. And if you don't have it really plugged in, you will get lost. That's not how I write. And it's not the kind of science fiction I do. And so for me, I'm like, how am I going to get lost doing that? It's not it's not where my world is. And I, I would say, Simon, your book is set in what, 2054? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's He doesn't need to have this crazy grid the map you have is the geography starting in Ypsilanti and, and taking us over to California. And I'm pretty sure we can get that from the National Geographic. <laughs> which I will create the cover for, which you have just won National Geographic's Author of the Year. Wow. Yes. Thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled. What? Yes, I've, I'm <laughs> announcing that. In the, in the I feel like we're going to get Scottish a writer. assist from uh, National Geographic saying you cannot just award no. somebody. If we get a category of Scottish writers... Scottish writers, Android filmmakers. I think that you're a shoe in Simon for that one right there. I, I mean, we, we might need to add some more categories. Actually, it might need to be like living in Los Angeles County, okay. Los yeah. Angeles County, within like a certain like year bracket from oh. like 2019 <laughs> to 2021 during pandemic times. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, did this book come out during the pandemic? Were we were we already in yes. lockdown when it got released? Uh, yes, and but but way worse in the UK because it came out in the UK in like I want to say May. Okay, the height. It was like you know people were scared to even like phone each other in case coronavirus. <laughs> oh. you know, it, it can crawl through the phone line. It can. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, that'd be terrifying. Um, oh. Somebody write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So, so, and then I think the the problem was like, like events and stuff. Like this is wonderful, but like in, I think debut novels, they say like, you know, a lot of it is like hand selling and like, you know, I I don't necessarily mean having events, but even like the publishers have their sales reps that go to bookstores and try and convince people to put them on the table at the front of the shop. And so you uh, don't have to do it yourself. The shops were closed. So, um, so yeah, I, I, th- I think it was a pretty tough uh, moment. And lots of, um, lots of books got postponed. And they, got, they all got 
postponed to this one day in September where like 400 books were launched in the UK that day. So I think um, I, th I think what's happened, though, my understanding it is that like it's it's been a real bonanza for booksellers uh, during the pandemic, but mainly for like really established writers. Like like, like I, I think however I had explained to me is people who sort of maybe aren't huge readers have got into reading. But of course, you know, you would read, you know, big famous names. Yeah. Like you're going to read Stephen King. Yeah, you're going to read Stephen King first. You're going to read The Stand because everybody thinks that's what we're living through. Mother Abigail agrees with you. Mother Abigail agrees. Well, and I was just, I, the reason I ask is all of us had our debut novels released. <laughs> like, Jen's came out just before the lockdown. Trisha's A week before. During the lockdown. And so just the people we would normally see in our daily lives... Like, I have people who are saying six months later, wait, you, you released a book? And if they're not on social media, they don't know because they haven't seen me. And I just stopped existing. So <laughs> that's how it works, the pandemic. So brutal, isn't it? Because it's hard enough at the best of times. You, you, you know, and this year just hasn't been... Hasn't, the hasn't best of times. times. Best of times, it's the worst of times. I will say this. Uh, if it wasn't for the pandemic, we wouldn't have this show and be talking to you right now, Simon. So... Thank you for thank you for uh, kind of like meeting us here in our space, our yes. weird bourbony space where we're like, "Hey, come be on our show. We'll talk about your book." And you're like, "Yes, I will do that because I did not have a good book launch because <laughs> there was a pandemic." Yeah, no, I'm thr thr thrilled to be here with you. Um, uh, yeah, so 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 let I mean let, I mean let, let's compare notes on that, like how. Um, uh, I, like, like, I guess I'm hoping that I, I don't know what, what, what like, did did the vote a bit with with the pandemic? Do we just have to concentrate on the next book now, or, or, or? Uh, we're still, we're figuring it out? Yeah. Um, so I'll say my my debut novel came out February 24th, and I had literally just come home from a vacation in Europe. And I was like, oh, my book's out. I'm so fancy. And then uh, literally a week later, uh, everything shut down. And I was like, but what about my book signings? And all of the times I wanted to do things. And so that didn't happen. And then, but that's fine. It's safer. Uh, that book went on. It, it won like, it, it won an award, uh, uh, an award. So I'm like, oh, the money trucks should come. <laughs> but I mean, the money trucks, or at least like the trucks of people going, I will buy your book. And I'm like, Oh, okay. It's still not really happening, but it's it's happening in a way. Uh, yeah, it's just, and I think I had one week of my book is out and there's no quarantine, but Trisha and Allison both had their books yeah. literally debut yeah. mid strict lockdown. Yeah. And I will say it was kind of funny because I used to think, okay, well, by the time the second book comes out, everything will be, no, second book came out right. in September, we're still in lockdown. I'm not even holding my breath now for book three is due out Valentine's Day. Will we still be in lockdown? Probably. Like, there's a picture of me at, at the bookstore with my books wearing the mask, and I'm like, I'm smizing with my eyes because my face is covered in the bookstore <laughs> with the book. But, I mean, that's the best you can do. And I remember it was really one of those stupid, really girly, materialistic just really superficial nonsense, but I needed an author photo. I didn't know 
okay, how am I supposed to do this on my own? I'm not one who is able to do my own hair and makeup. And one of my dearest writing partners is also my hairstylist. And she's giving me tips over the phone. Okay, if you stand like this and you do this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're supposed to be here to help me. But we're in lockdown. So I have to just pretend I am not a hot mess, but I'm a hot mess. So what are you going to do? I feel I feel like this has bonded a lot of authors together, though, because there's um, there's us, the Vox Feminist Vixens, and most of our guests that have come on this show, um, everybody's kind of bonded in this, oh, my book came out, it's a lockdown, and we're just, we're making the best of it because it's our new normal, and mm-hmm. we can reminisce about the before times, as our previous guest today said, you know, the before times. The before times. And, uh, but we're, we're making the best of it. I know we're making the best of it because we're talking to you, Simon. And yes, you guys are making the best because you made this amazing thing together. It's, it's, it's incredible. And we, the three of us, have never met in real life, but we all met because our books got published roughly in like the same kind of window of time. And we just met through Facebook, like through Facebook groups, and it clicked. Amazing. Yeah, Jen and I were beta readers for each other last year, and I remember when when her book was coming out, I'm like. I know an author now because I was so amazed because I literally had just been reading this and there was, there was this back and forth because as she mentioned, she went off to Europe. So I had sent her my manuscript and she had sent me hers and I read it and I gave her feedback and, and I was drunk in Europe and I was like, well, so much for that. And she goes back, I didn't go to sorry. I was in Madrid, all this nonsense. <laughs> And then the, the really silly thing was at that time I had written science fiction and that was the manuscript I gave her. And then I did one of these and like, maybe don't read this book. And I gave her my romance novel. So I ended up having her do that. And that's the first one I ended up getting published. So weird stuff happens. You never know. And then, and, you know, and then we, we met Trisha and uh, together, like the three of us have just been on this like weird, okay, <laughs> this is what happens when you have your debut novel come out during a quarantine. Sure, but I mean, I mean, it's great that you 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 built this 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 whole thing. Like, I mean, many of us just you know went and just drink. Right? Yeah. So this is we <laughs> did that too. This is why we drink while we do our show. We're like <gasps> they're not exclusive. <laughs> um, but but Simon, this is to us. This is incredibly beneficial to like meet people uh, who are at like a different level than we are. So bow down to you, Mr. Teen Choices, Sexiest Man Alive. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> like seriously, I, I, I like, I, 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 you know, I think as writers, you know, this, the, the world sort of like, you know, institutes all these hierarchies, right? And, and, and it's like, and, and we sort of have to play along with it because, you know, it, it, we, it's, it's how, you know, it, it's, it's so difficult to get an audience that we all end up sort of like scrambling over each other and, and, and all the rest of it. And like, uh, um, as we've seen today, like, you know, it's all just luck, right? Like, you know, you know, that we talk about like, um, uh, you know, we all read and write all these articles about like how to write and, and, and what to do and stuff. And no one ever talks about just this, like this massive amount of luck that like, you know, so, 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 you know, one person liked my, script about about the, the the depressed doctor like literally one person no one in london <laughs> all read it and were like why are you writing this in america it's you know and, and in truth it's generally true my agent at the time i showed him this script and he dropped me he, he, he's a he's a I, I don't he dropped know, you 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then one person out here, so someone's someone's assistant, because obviously it's the assistants that read things, um, liked it and saw some potential in it and shared it with the other assistants. And suddenly I had, you know, the beginnings of a career, which then, you know, led to, I got a meeting at Pixar and I got a job at Pixar. And like, uh, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like in these conversations, we, we do just have to have like, a bit more of awareness of just just the luck like like yes. uh, you know because we all work incredibly hard and you know it, it's it's an impossible um uh like 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 just a, a super impossible thing to do to, to you, you know have a book published at all so um uh yeah i think we're all absolutely in the same boat here Oh gosh, Simon, we love you. Um, I hate to cut this short. It's leaving at like 52 minutes and it got dark here in California. Got, I saw, I was like, <laughs> I've never seen it dark where Allison We're We usually record at three, so I don't turn on the light. And so I'm sitting here, I would have to get up and go mess with lights. And I'm like, you can yeah, see my face. To. I just don't have hair anymore. It's all right. <laughs> uh, I'm only, you know, 50 miles north of the Yaman Iron. I think it's darker. My blinds are closed. If I <laughs> open the blinds here. Allison's in the closet, like uh, in the physical, like it. walking closet. Here. Is that better? I got yeah. a little bit. I can just turn the lights off. Yeah. yeah. And it's also oh. which way I'm facing, but the light, the, the light's still out there. We're good. Um, Simon, we would love to have you back if you're willing to come back. Uh, anytime. Anytime. I love this. Do you play Dungeons and Dragons by any chance? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, is it too late to learn? Um, no. So I know. None of us really play, but I have this, like, idea to do, like, a special where we have, like, really funny, fun authors and somebody teaches us how to play Dungeons and Dragons. So. I always wanted to learn, so that would be... That would be and you have the right accent. Wizard costume in the back as well, so I can shut up. That's yes. required. Yeah, that is required. That was the other requirement. I was going to message that to you separately, but fine. Simon's going to be in a wizard costume, everybody. Eventually, when I'm like maybe Matt Ruff is our dungeon master. He already volunteered. We said I know, <laughs> I know, but that's why I'm like I'm just going to say it again because I feel like legally, if I say it three times, it has to happen. <laughs> Like Beetlejuice, or yeah. like saying Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. <laughs> Simon, thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, thank you for putting up with us for our, <laughs> I can't read that, that's very... Oh, Elisa, Elisa Von Schimmelman has said, thanks, Simon. You definitely deserve the Nat Geo Scottish author living in LA during the pandemic of the year. Thanks for sure. Oh, oh my gosh. And I... Thank you very much, Alicia. That's wonderful. That's, yes, uh, that yeah. is. So now you've been officially nominated by somebody who is not involved with National Geographic. So <laughs> I can make the cover for you in a non-official term. <laughs> Allison's a former lawyer, so she is nodding yes. She mm -hmm. said it's all we're all fine. Uh, <laughs> Simon, thank you. California um, bar. I agree to any of this. <laughs> everybody who's watching this, you can see Simon's website underneath. Uh, scrolling, please buy Set My Heart to Five and tune in next week for our next episode of Vox Vomitus. This has been a copywritten podcast from the Global Authors on the Air Network. We want to thank Roman Sorotin, our producer, and Pam Stack, our exec executive producer. This is what happens when I talk for two hours straight. Uh, thank you to my vixens. Thank you to Simon. Thank you to earlier tonight, Sean Cosby. Uh, we've never done a double header before. And it was great because I had 
two bourbons instead of one. (laughs) Jen, you say this is what happens when you talk for two hours straight. This is what happens when you drink for two hours straight. I know. That's the problem. I know. Everyone's like, are you going to do another drink for the second show? I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, that's the shtick. Sorry, Simon. (laughs) So anyways, um, everybody, thank you. if you are in the United States and celebrating a holiday, please do it safe and inside your homes with only your household. That is my public service announcement. Nice.